Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Sports with balls. It's Vinny and Haney, 1057 The Fan. Vinny and Haney, 1057 The Fan. Got Ravens grads coming up here in a couple minutes. Whip around two. Jim Hunter talking about that Orioles sale. We got a phone call there. Going to get to it's funny. When this woman crush Wednesday dancing in the street, Kyla McDaniel comes out. On a day in which the Orioles, uh, it was announced, or last night, that they're going to be sold. Kyle McDaniel, friend of the show, yep. ESPN.com, released his uh, top 100 Major League prospects. And guess who's number one? You Jackson. don't have to be Colombo. Holiday. Jackson Holiday. Kobe Mayo coming in at a strong 19. And there are a bunch of Orioles littered throughout. So. Not only are they coming off a 101-win season with young All-Stars reigning, well, you can't defend the Rookie of the Year award, but a guy that's going to be probably a a favorite for MVP in Gunnar Henderson. You got Grace Rodriguez going to take a massive step, we think. Not to mention, I would assume, bounce back years from uh, Cedric Mullins, among others, Jordan Westberg for a full year. I mean, the Orioles are good. They have best uh, farm system in baseball, and maybe, maybe, and I'm not saying this is going to be the case, maybe some deeper pocket, not Dodger deep pockets. No. I mean, I think (laughs) Amelia Earhart's planes in their pockets, it's so deep, but deeper than we've seen since old Pistol Pete was spending some dope 25 years ago. Yeah, and and you would think that, I mean, if I'm a new owner going in, I've got to be extremely excited because I got to, a great young team. I got a, I got the manager of the year. I got the executive of the year. What more could I ask for? And your, and your core's in place. Yeah. And even though you lost Felix Batista, you signed maybe a future Hall of Famer to replace him in Craig Kimbrell, who I get is not the Craig Kimbrell right. of years gone by. But let's get out to the phones before we get to some of these Ravens grades. Let's go to William in Northeast Baltimore. William, thanks for holding. What's up? Good morning, guys. How you doing? Good. Doing all right, William. Yes, I was calling about the new ownership situation. I went to City College, and I was a graduate of 68. And when I went up City, Kurt Smoke was the quarterback, and David Rubenstein was there when I first went up City. Yeah, him and uh, Kurt Smoke were classmates, apparently. Yes, yes, yes. Former and, uh, mayor and governor, mayor of Baltimore, governor of uh, Maryland, for those who may not know. Yes, and uh, what I want to talk about is um, – with the new ownership, 
what I what changes would you guys like to see? And I'm gonna tell you mine. Go mine, ahead. I would like for the new ownership to do something with this massing situation and have it so us seniors and people on fixed income will be able to watch an Oreo game once in a while on antenna TV. I'm there with you a hundred percent. And also and also I would like to hang up and listen to see if you guys have any suggestions for the new ownership. Well, thank you, William. We kind of gave a few there yeah. in the opening. You know, what we're looking to see, first of all, how many dramatic changes will take place on the immediate, and I would guess none. I would I would agree with that. I think the one, in the Masson situation, as you mentioned, William, we would like to see straightened out. Also, Eventually, will this become a more aggressive team in spending? Not you don't not you don't even need to be in the top ten. Just kind of seventeen, eighteen, nineteen ish, a little more in the middle of the pack, yeah. where you can keep it around a couple. I mean, you do have these, as Mike Harmon says, magic beans as your tradable commodities that you can flip for major league guys. But then again, you know you've drafted, you've developed, you've cultivated. Mm-hmm. Why not let them play out the string instead of a Manny Machado? Hey, we're here for five years, and you know I'm already packing a suitcase heading into my last arbitration season here. Yeah, and, and, and Bob, if if they were if if you sign your star young players, your payroll is going to be up there because they're that good. Well, that's the cost of business, <laughs> Rudy Serrato. And if you want, you want to run with the or hey, what do they say? You want to run with the big dogs? You gotta, you know, gotta buy some fancy dog food. I don't know what that means. Four ten five eight three one zero five seven is the number. We got the whip around coming up here in a couple of minutes. Jim Hunter, longtime voice of the Orioles, will talk about this sale, which appears to be imminent of the Orioles. But let's get out to the phones. We're going to be doing some Ravens grades later on in the hour. And we're going to be going down to the Senior Bowl as well with Clay Harbor at 12. But let's go to Larry in Towson. Larry, thanks for holding what's on your mind today. Yeah, how you doing, guys? Good show. Uh, my first time calling. Uh, I know we all talk about the coaching and how the game went, but I had one thing to talk about the coaching. I wonder if there's any discipline when guys get these penalties maybe to come out of the game, a player or two, and we coach them up because we saw how many penalties. Uh, of course, the turnovers, but the penalties is what kill you. And the Flowers, when he did have the penalty on him, actually he was down to the 15-yard line. If they take him out of the game or he did not have the penalty, there would have been a whole different scheme of plays because we would have been running the plays from the 15-yard line versus where we had to start, and that play would have never happened where he fumbled in the end zone. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of the guys that got penalties in that game – are not guys that normally get penalties. The clownies, you know, the hitting the quarterback in the face. Van Noy Van got Noy. in the head. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Travis Jones trying to, you know, decapitate Mahomes. But even with the 15-yarder for Flowers, they got the yardage, but not ate up a couple more seconds of time. Yeah. I mean, I thought the play that they ran to get him – they ran on the cusp of a touchdown. They ran that play twice on that drive. Went after the penalty, they ran that you know little crossing route to Zay Flowers twice. And yeah, I mean, it's woulda, shoulda, coulda. I mean, season ended. So if you're John Harbaugh and you go up to, hey, I'm finding you. I mean, 
Yeah. How's that going to go? Well, the league? only ones that would get fined would be the league. The league would fine guys. Yeah, like a penalty from the Travis coach. Jones is getting a fine for the Joe Frazier yeah. left hook. Van Noy's getting a fine, headbutt. Yeah, but I, you know, Clowney, egregious, sure, but intentional, no. Flowers just got caught up in his own awesomeness. And that's probably that a fine, too, the taunting stuff. <laughs> it's been Haiti, 105.7 The Fan. We'll come back. It's the whip around what happened in the world of sports last night. A lot historically. Today's the last day of January already. Oh, boy. January 31st, Jim Hunter going to talk about the Orioles sale. Then we're going to break down this uh, Ravens report card. As a uh, lot of passing grades. When you go 13-4, get the number one seed. Hey, you had a great school year. And then exams came. How did they do? Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Box Hill Pizzeria and Crab Cakes. The best crab cakes in Harford County. 1057 The Fan. 1057-5-7 The Fan. Time for the whip around here on this January 31st. Woman Crush Wednesday. Tomorrow's February 1st. You do the rest. I'm not even going to start getting into in X amount of months. Nolan will be putting up the Christmas tree. I'll save that till next month as we head into march speaking of march march madness we're creeping closer everybody last night couple of upsets in the top 25 including one down in atlanta as let's just say the uh, yellow jackets were kicking up the heels seth trimble will inbound the ball gets it to baycott wow. handing it to rj davis davis for the lead the tap it's over he got fouled did they call the foul No, it's a no call. No call. The game is over, and Georgia Tech has knocked off the number three team in the country, North Carolina. That sounded like Reese Davis losing his mind there on ESPN 74-73. The Yellow Jackets. By the way, this is not Bobby Kremen's Georgia Tech. This is a 9-11 team going into last night's game. They stunned the Tar Heels 74 273. That was Carolina's first loss in the ACC. Also, uh, top twenty, top five upset. I don't really know if this is an upset, to be honest with you, but South Carolina 63-59 over number five, Tennessee. It was in Knoxville, but South Carolina's having a really, really good year, and they uh, added to it. Big 10 last night. Illinois, number 14, beat Ohio State 87-75. Indiana beat Iowa 74-68. It was Michigan State 81-62 over Michigan. Dreadful season 
for the oh, Wolverines here in 23-24. Maryland will be at Michigan State coming up on Saturday afternoon. A game you can hear on the fan. We'll talk about that with Keith Cavanaugh coming up on Friday. NBA last night. It was Atlanta 138-122 over the Lakers. Bruno Fernando, he's been dealing with some injuries here, so he hasn't like doesn't really play when he's healthy, but he definitely ain't playing now. Uh, he had uh, Trey Young, 26 points, 13 assists. Boston beat Indiana in an entertaining game. I checked out some of that on uh, TNT last night. 129-124. Jalen Smith, Baltimore, 7 points, 4 and 2. Jason Tatum had 37 and 7 in the win there. Uh, Toronto beat Chicago, 118-107. Manuel quickly, Vinny, dealing with a quad yeah, issue. Yeah, I, I, I looked that up. Gary Trent Jr. at 24 to lead the way there. The Wizards tonight with Jimmy Patsos. On Monumental, he uh, texted me. He wanted everybody to know that. Tonight, going for win number three. They're 9-37 on the year. Going for win number 10, Nolan. Win number 10, which is great for a pitcher at the All-Star break. Kind of sucks for a basketball team coming up at the All-Star break. But win number three in a row, possibly. I doubt it. They're hosting the Clippers, who are one of the best teams in the West at 30 and 15. Super Bowl 58. We'll talk more about this. NFL lunch coming up at 1. Coming up Sunday, February the 11th. Kansas City, two-point dogs against San Francisco. It's in Vegas. We'll have it for you on the fan over under 47 and a half. It's the Whip Around Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. On this day in sports history, January the 31st, as we said. About a little Maryland hoops for you. Let's go to uh, 1976, South Bend, Indiana. Seventh-ranked Maryland on national TV. I watched this game. Like, I really did. They beat number 11, Notre Dame. 69-63. Brad Davis, Steve Shepard had big hoops down the stretch. John Lucas led the way with 23. Adrian Danley, DeMatha, had 28 for Diggers Boys. Uh, 1981, Cole Philhouse, 14th-ranked Maryland, beat Georgia Tech, 72-64. Greg Manning had 21. Charles Pittman spent a few years in the league, had 17. Buck Williams spent a long time in the league, 11 and 17 for the Turtles. And uh, let's see, Charlottesville, Virginia, 1984, 10th ranked Maryland, beat Virginia, 67-66. Mark Fothergill, if you know him, you know, listeners. He had the game-winning hoop. Steve, Steve Atkins. Jeff Atkins had. Steve Atkins was a running back from Maryland. Jeff Atkins had 15. Led by Keith Gatlin at 14 each. Adrian Brandt sat this one out because he got suspended for weed. Oh, really? Adrian, oh, Adrian Brandt got popped with a dime of weed. Literally, like $10 worth of weed. Now it's like, all right, you got some for the rest of the team? Let's go down and get a road win. Super Bowls real quick. 1988, Super Bowl 22 in San Diego. The Redskins, as they were called then, destroyed the Denver Broncos 42-10. to Doug Williams had a brilliant performance there. Yeah. He had... He had a, a Super Bowl worth of success in one quarter. Second quarter. He just went bananas. Denver led that game 10 zip. Yeah. They scored on like a 60-yard bomb on the first play of the game. That was kind of his big thing. The other another guy who kind of did that same thing, Bob, Dwight Thomas. Remember the Cowboys running back who had the Dwayne Thomas. Dwayne Thomas. And then disappeared after that. Oh, yeah, problem. That was a way deeper <laughs> issue there. Because Dwayne Thomas was a badass. But Denver was actually favored in that game by three. Herb Albert did the national anthem. Halftime. All right, Nolan. Chubby Checker and the Rockettes. I'm telling you, Pete Rosell's like, I don't want you to watch halftime. 
with all the respect to Chubby Checker, I'm guessing they did the twist. ABC on the call, Al Michaels, Frank Gifford, and Dan Deerdorf. 80.14 million. Watch that game. 1993, Super Bowl 27 at the Rose Bowl. The Cowboys destroyed the Buffalo Bills 52-17. to Troy Aikman was most valuable player in that game. Cowboys were six-and-a-half-point favorites. This was the Super Bowl where the Michael Jordan, Larry Bird horse commercial came out for McDonald's. Uh, no dunking off off the scoreboard and all that. That was crazy. One of the great uh, commercials yeah, of all time. Awesome. Yeah. Now things are starting to get a little more contemporary with Paul Tagliabue as the, uh, I'm not saying he was a hip guy, but you get it. National anthem, Garth Brooks. Oh, that was a good one. Halftime. How about a little Michael Jackson coming your way? Oh, Bob, um, I was watching an interview the guy that did the the whole production for that one. How about Michael Jackson told the commissioner and all the NFL people, he said, because the game was at 3.30, said, uh, I want you to move the game back four hours. I don't want to be in the daylight. And then they talked Jackson out of that. Michael Jackson in his heyday, he was the halftime performer there. NBC on the call. It was Dick Enberg, Bob Trumpy, the juice. And uh, the late, great uh, Todd Christensen. Oh, really? The sideline reporters yeah. there. 90.99 mil. All right, real quick, we got to roll through this. 99 in Miami. Denver beats Atlanta 34-19. John Elway MVP Broncos, seven-and-a-half-point favorites. National anthem. Come on, Nolan, get ready to dance. It was Cher. Halftime was Gloria Estevan, Stevie Wonder, and the big, bad voodoo daddy. Okay? And then Fox, Pat Summerall, John Madden. 83.7 mil. That was 25 years ago. It's video at Haiti, 105.7. The fan will come back, talk about the Orioles sale with Jim Hunter, longtime voice of the birds, and we'll grade the Ravens. Ugh, regular season grades, awesome. Postseason, not so much. Taking sports to a whole new level. 105.7 The Fan. Video at Haiti, 105.7 The Fan. Woman Crush Wednesday. Big news last night. Orioles are being sold, it seems, to the team of David Rubenstein, Baltimore native, and Mike Aragetti. Both billionaires. Yeah. And both can afford to leave a 20% tip if they choose to do so. And they got to have a nice dinner. What does this mean for the franchise moving forward? We got a lot of questions to ask. And uh, we thought asking a guy that worked, for the Angelos family for 25 years, a longtime voice of the birds, our colleague here on 105.7 The Fan, Baltimore Baseball Tonight, which will be here before you know it, two weeks from Pitchers and Catchers. He's on the WGK Log S hotline. He's Jim Hunter. Jim, good morning. How you doing there, big guy? Hello there, partner. I thought you lost my phone number. Well, I lose my phone all the time, but that's <laughs> another story for another day. And, and Jim, you and I had actually talked about, you know, pending sale maybe happening at some point in time and all of the legal, you know, uh, ramifications that will go with it because of the litigation that the Orioles have been in with malt themselves, massing, you know, estate taxes and such. So when the news came out yesterday, granted not yet official, that this looks to be a done deal, uh, were you surprised, stunned, uh, expecting it? How were you feeling about it? Well, I, I was a little surprised because I, I thought that uh, if they were going to sell the franchise, the family, uh, that it, it would come after Mr. Angelos passed away. And, you know, we all know he's been ill for, what, four years, and n no one has seen him. And 
I, I don't understand all of the you know state taxes and things like that, but uh, it, it could be that the projected new owners said, look, if we're going to do this, we got to do this now, or, or we're going to be out. And they knew that they were going to get their price that they asked for. And, uh, you know, the, the Rubenstein family uh, and, and the other billionaire. And I also saw a report last night that Cal might even be involved in this. Uh, it, it's, it's a positive for the family. It's a positive for the franchise. And it's a positive for the fan base moving forward. Now, you came in to Baltimore in 1997. And at that time, Peter Angelos had completed three full seasons as Orioles owner. 94 good, 95 kind of a debacle for various reasons. Then 96, they made the ALCS. So when you came in in 97, they were wire to wire. As you know, you were there. And then that 14-year drop-off of a lot of suckage and futility. But when you came to Baltimore, your impressions of Peter Angelos as an owner were what at that time? Well, you know, I... I Bob, I owe him my career. I mean, uh, he brought me in to replace John Miller, who was, as you know, extremely popular. And he's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the best announcers ever. Uh, And Mr. Angelos thought that I was the guy that could and should replace him. So, you know, and uh, the thing about uh, Mr. Angelos is that, you know, there's a perception out there that he always meddled and whatnot. He never once told us what to say or what not to say. He, he, he never did that. And, you, you know, in, in my opinion, you know, even though I'm 65 now, uh, if, if he didn't get ill, I think I'd still be there. Because one thing about him, even though he had a reputation of being a, a tough guy to work for, he was very, very loyal uh, to the people that he, he brought in. And I was certainly one of those people. So, uh, you know, I, I have nothing but good good memories of Mr. Angelos. And, uh, I, I, like I said, I, I really owed him my career. I always wanted to be a, a big league announcer. You know, I came from the, the network uh, doing games of the week on national radio. Uh, but I wanted to be part of a team. And uh, he brought me here in 1997. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, his son ended my career. But, uh, you know, Mr. Angelos, to me, is always someone that's going to have a fond uh, memory in my mind because he was the guy that brought me here, and he was very loyal. Jim Hunter, longtime voice of the Orioles, our colleague on Baltimore Baseball Tonight here on 105.7 The Fed. Now we'll look at the new regime, and, you know, we know pretty much what everyone else does, I guess. Jim, what we read, we know, uh, you know, Ruben Stein's from Baltimore. Algaretti is there is a billionaire, and I'm assuming there's a lot of sports fandom in there. I know Ruben Stein had said he was collected baseball cards and he went to City College, which was right across the street from Memorial Stadium, more or less at that time, but I'm asking the question that most fans are going to ask eventually once this does become official. Are you going to spend some dough? Are you going to make a run at your your in-house guys? Are you going to be big players in free agency? Is it still too early to even approach that sort of thing? Or is this maybe, because we, we played Michael Kay in the opening of the show, said this could be a game changer. In the AL East, they're already talent-wise, arguably the best team. They have the best farm system with the number one prospect. And if they can start the Orioles paying to keep these dudes around, we're looking at kind of a monster here for the foreseeable future. 
Well, and, and I would think, Bob, that that will happen. Uh, you know, you, you're not going to have uh, so, so successful businessmen coming in and not be willing to spend money. Uh, you know, the, the one thing John did uh, that he needs to be given credit for was bringing in Michael Elias, because Michael Elias and all the, the folks he hired around him, uh, as you just mentioned, turned the farm system around, and now they're the number one uh, farm system in baseball, and they're coming off a 101-win season last year. And they have all these young guys who are budding superstars. Uh, maybe, maybe, you know, Gutter already is a star, you know. And you look at Adley and you look at all, all the, you know, there's a redundancy in the system because of what Michael Elias has done. So I would expect that uh, once the sale goes through and the new ownership group is in charge, that they will be looking to protect the future. Uh, you know, you, you you go out, and I, I don't know, you know, how quickly this is going to happen, whether it'll be for this free agency or next free agency, but uh, I would expect, you know, you, you don't become a billionaire by not knowing what you're doing. <laughs> and, uh, I, I would think that uh, they're going to protect what they have, knowing that they're good, and they're going to want to preserve that moving forward. Now, Jim, do you think that um... – Elias has kind of had handcuffs on this offseason because um, Angelos knew he was selling. I, I mean, he's known it all along. He's lied to everybody. But do you I think mean, that – Wes Moore didn't know it. Right. You think he – it seems to me that maybe he had some handcuffs on this offseason. Well, I, I would say, Vinny, that's probably correct. Uh, you know, he, he always mentioned uh, whenever he was quoted, and that, that's not that often – uh, that he wanted to keep the payroll low because, you know, he bl- he blamed the market and whatnot. But but the thing about it is, I mean, when I came here in 1997, they had a sellout crowd every game. And, and you do that by winning. And you win by keeping up with the, the competition. And you, you do that by spending money to, to bring in the best players. I mean, look, look, look at what the Dodgers have done this offseason. Yeah. You know, they, they gave uh, Shohei a $700 million contract, and they gave Yamamoto a $325 million contract because they know that those two guys are going to make them better, and they, they already are one of the better teams in the National League, if not in all the major leagues. So, you know, the, the, the new ownership group coming in, I would expect will spend money because, you know, as Bob mentioned a moment ago, this is a team that is here and ready to win, and they are winning. And to enhance that, you have to add talent because if you don't, uh, other teams are going to surpass you. And, you know, the, the other thing about it, too, is, and I know Michael Elias likes to hang on to his, uh, his prospects because he values them at a certain value, but there, there is a redundancy in this organization because they have so many positive uh, uh, prospects at, at the same positions that if they decided to go out and make a big trade, uh, they would have the resources to do that. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think you're right, Vinny. I, I think maybe Mike was uh, hamstrung a little bit in spending money, but, you know, not, not being on the inside, uh, you, you know, it's, it's hard to say accurately if that was the case. 
Jim Hunter, our colleague here on Baltimore Baseball tonight, 105.7 The Fed. Jim, always great to catch up. Pitchers and catchers two weeks from today. That means we'll be uh, doing our thing at Pickles and Beyond for a long time, hopefully well into October this year. All right, great to hear from you guys. Don't lose my phone number. You got it, brother. Here's Jim Hunter, everyone. It's Vinny at Haney, 105.7 The Fed. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Ravens. We're going to give out some numbers. Well, grades, letters, basically. We're going to grade the Ravens. We're not going to get to every player on the team, but we're going to get to some pretty fancy names. Regular season grades, postseason grades. As we've said, the analogy, hey, you had a great year, and then you failed the exam. What the hell happened? What are you drinking? Vinny. Cake bread, Chardonnay. Haney, Mick Ultra. Vinny and Haney. 105.7 The Fan. Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. Talk more Orioles with Andy Koska later in the show from the Baltimore Banner. You want to get in on that talk, we'll do it as well. Got Clay Harbor joining us. Former NFL tight end. Returning to the program at Senior Bowl. Mm-hmm. which is happening right now. And I did not know this, but Clay Harbor was, uh, was on the bachelorette, the 14th season of it, uh, which, okay. Probably sucked face with a lot of, uh, nice. Well, it's all, it's only one woman and a bunch of dudes. Isn't that how that works? The bachelorette, one woman and a bunch of uh, dudes. Yeah. Oh, man, she was doing all the face yeah. sucking. But anyway, he got hurt playing tackle football on the bachelorette. I don't know if I'll bring that up. We're here to talk about it. Did he really? That's right. Hurt his wrist. It required surgery. Okay, whatever. But he was also in The Bachelor in Paradise. And if you're not in Bachelor in Paradise, I guess we don't even know what paradise is. But let's get to the grades for the Ravens. We'll do regular season first and then postseason. And I guess, Vinny, we obviously start with the uh, expected MVP of the league, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson during the regular season. 16 games. You know, and he completed 67.2% of his passes for 36.78. I think I, I said at the beginning of the year, if he could have 3,700 to 4,000, I thought that that's where he would get. He averaged 8.0, which was awesome. Um, 220, 230 yards a game, 24 touchdowns, seven interceptions, 37 sacks, and a 102.7 quarterback rating. And he had 148 carries for 821 yards. 5.5 average, long of 30. I'll bet you if you go back to 19, he had a, probably a long of 70, 80, something like well, that. We had that crazy run yeah. against Cincinnati, which was at least 60 yards. Well, Bob, he only had four runs of 20-plus yards. He had five rushing touchdowns, five fumbles, two lost. Um, so, Lamar, during the regular season, to me, the 16 games he played, he was best quarterback on the field all 16 games, even the games they lost. You know, he, he played he played pretty good at that time. He's going to be the MVP of the regular season. Um, I mean, to me, you got to give you got to give the guy an A for, you know, he took him to a 13 and four record. No doubt. Now, then you look at the two um, postseason games, one and one um, completed 61 percent. Average seven point two. Three touchdowns, one pick, seven sacks. And a 92.8 quarterback rating. So, I mean, he had, actually, he had the second half of the Houston game was excellent. And then the the rest was kind of inconsistent. He didn't, I mean, for the playoffs, to me, you kind of give him a C, I think. I think he gets an A for the regular season, a C for this. 
because I, I didn't think he was very good in this last one. In the first half against Houston, he struggled. So he had one great half. So I, I give him an A in the regular season and a, and a C during the the postseason. Uh, by the way, his longest run in 19 was 47 yards, and that was that Bengals game. All right, where are we going next? Well, let's go to the running backs, Bob. Let's go. We'll, we'll look at Gus Bus. We'll, we'll look at, yeah, the running backs. Gus Bus. I mean, Gus had 198 regular season, 198, 17 games, 810 yards, 4.1 average, long of 42, 620-plus, 13 touchdowns. Two lost fumbles. Two lost fumbles. And and then in receiving, Gus had 12 catches for 180, average 15, um, two plays over 20, one fumble, no losses, and he had um, 145 yak yards. So during the regular during the regular season, Bob, I think I I'd give Gus like a B minus, B, B minus somewhere. Because I thought towards the end of the season, he kind of tailed off. I, I kind of thought he tailed off at the end of the season. And when Keaton Mitchell was on fire, you know, he wasn't getting. But he was their goal line runner. He was awesome. You know, he was an A runner down on the goal line. But I, I for the whole season, I'd give him like C. And then in the in the playoffs, Bobby had 13 carries for 60 yards, 4.6. Um, he did have some some catches, two for fifteen. So he wasn't he wasn't that active, especially in the second. I mean, he had a beautiful fifteen yard run, and after that, he didn't touch the ball. You know, so um, for what he did and what he was asked to do in the in the postseason, thought he was thought he was good. But you know, the thing that he did so good during the regular season, Bob, was the touchdowns. And he didn't have any in the postseason. So I, I'd give him like B minus C plus right in there also. First year of his career, too, by the way, regular season where he didn't average five yards carry. Yeah. Four point one. Now, let's let's Justice Hill. Let's let's take Justice Hill. Played sixteen games, eighty-four carries, three eighty-seven, four point six average, two runs over twenty, three touchdowns. The the thing where he kind of made hay is he had uh, 28 receptions, uh, one touchdown, but he had 237 yak yards, and he had four big runs, you know, big plays over 20 yards in the regular season. So during the regular season, Bob, and thought he did he did good on teams, and pass protection, he was really good during the regular season. So I'd give him a B for what he was asked to do and the things that he had to do. I'd give him a B in special teams. He was excellent on coverage units and stuff. Now... In the postseason, Justice Hill had 16 carries for 69 yards, average 4.3. Um, and then in the receiving game, receiving game, Bob, he had the second most targets in the in the postseason. He had nine, nine targets, six catches for 45 yards, a long of 11, 41 yak yards. His pass protections was horrible, horrible. Rough day at the office Sunday, that's Yeah, sure. so, Bob... Uh, because he was so bad in pass protection, he caught the ball, ran the ball good there. He did nothing. Uh, what was he? Uh, three carries, three yards, you know, in that one. Yep. Houston game, he ran the ball pretty good. So, I mean, in that, um, in the postseason, I'd give him a C plus just because his blocking killed the Ravens. 
killed him in that second game. All right, we have time for another player there. Nolan, you make the call on uh, one more grade. All right, who are we grading now, Vinny, as we head in the top of the hour? A little Zay Flowers. Let's do it. Zay Flowers, 16 games, 77 receptions, 858, average 11-1 with five touchdowns, a long of 75, 12 plays over 20 yards, no fumbles, um, 391 yak yards, 391 yak yards. Now, in the postseason, he led them – Again, in targets, he had 13 targets in the postseason. Nine receptions, averaged 17.3. One touchdown, two big plays, one lost fumble, 48 yak yards. I mean, Bob, if he would have got that second touchdown in, probably give him an A. They'd still be playing. Sure. You know, we wouldn't be grading them. But I'd, I'd give him, because of that play, it was an effort play. For the playoffs, Bob, he was the, I'd give him a B plus because he was the guy. He was the one making he was the only receiver making anything happen. So I'd give him B plus. And I mean, Bob, you know, he was their best receiver, and he's a rookie. And I like him. He can make people miss. He's tough. He's physical, all those things. He's 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 gonna be their number one guy next year, unless they go get a T. Higgins or somebody like that. Yeah, future's bright there yeah, for no sure. Doubt. I mean, no we're doubt. looking back at uh, the debacle against the Chiefs, but Zay Flowers an asset, no doubt. The about. running back position, Bob, they got to upgrade. I mean, they might need a whole new room of running backs. Vinny and Haiti, 1057 The Fan. When we come back, news from the Nets. We're going to talk about the Senior Bowl, which is coming up Saturday. Clay Harbor, former NFL tight end. He's there. He's talking about it. Stay tuned. Buy or sell. Let's count that midweek money, hopefully, as we talk about the sports subjects of the day as well. Vic Carucci, NFL Network Radio. He's a Hall of Fame guy. We'll get an idea of what the Hall of Fame might look like, the class of 2024. Later in the show, Andy Koska is going to be joining us from the Baltimore Band. We'll talk about the sale of the Orioles. Local ownership. Well, it was long. Anyway, you get the hint. For the first time in 31 years, the Orioles are going to have new owners. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone. Whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf and the metronome of your life, baseball. 
Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.